0: Hi, I'm Maelia Salcinas, Miss Heart of Texas USA, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project.
1: Hey everyone, it's Adrian from the pageant project with you and my special guest for today is Malia uh who is Miss Heart of Texas USA. Malia, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
1: It's a pleasure. Have you ever done much like this before? I mean, you did the intro so flawlessly. It sounds like you've done some sort of uh, broadcasting.
0: Yeah, I kind of do some podcasts here and there and some interviews. So I think I've gotten the gist of it already.
1: Very, very smooth, like a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Miley, apart from the pageantry, there's a whole list of other things that I wrote in the description to the interview. Um you are the founder slash co-founder of mental monarchs which is a mental health organization uh, and also a co-author with your mother i believe of a mental health book which i just have here this is why i'm looking over here forgive me you can do it chickadee i do love that name awesome name for a book um but to get started let's start with the easy question how did you get involved in the crazy world of pageantry To begin with,
0: I would have never thought I'd be in pageants, not gonna lie. Um, Years, years, years ago when I was in high school, I was like, I would never do a pageant. And then fast forward to 2019, I decided to embark on something that took myself out of a comfort zone and I ended up loving it. I think the main thing I got from it was that you can use your voice and use it with a purpose and help other people in whatever way or whatever they're going through and help, like, you know, let them know that it's okay not to be okay. And it's, you will overcome whatever you're going through. Cause I know we all have issues. It doesn't have to be mental illness, can be anything mm. else. So I just realized like, you know, it's a, actually a really good place to reach other people with the message that you have. And I was surprised coming into that because my onstage question for my first, first pageant was what was your greatest accomplishment? And I had, finally shared I said overcoming my anxiety and depression and the amount of people who were like me too I went through this 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 and that or something similar to you how I was like really shocked because I had known these people forever and they had never spoken about it like myself so I feel that once I did start to do that it started helping more people feel more comfortable about speaking up about it and getting the help that they need.
1: When you answered that question at the pageant, did that surprise people? Like how how public was the knowledge when you said that?
0: I surprised myself because I I didn't know what the onstage question is. I was like, okay, let's see what's up. And it came out of my mouth. And right after it came out, I was like, I can't believe I just did that. (laughs) I can't believe I just said that. But the whole audience was like clapping and like wooing and all my family who actually knew what I was going on, like what was going on in my life. Were, their faces, like we like, oh my god! Like my mom even got teary-eyed. Uh, yeah, it was a really good. We got a huge response. I was actually like impressed because I it was something so personal, and I didn't realize other people were going through it too. So it was really important for me to have shared that, and I'm glad I did.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's something that we actually have in common because I was just doing my my research, and I was thinking of this when I read that because I read somewhere that. That was kind of the first time that you'd said that publicly. Um, That poster that you see behind me, that's a book that I wrote um, about mental health. This is back in late 2017. And the first thing I wrote in the introduction was because I had battled with suicide um, twice, very bad depression. And I wrote, it's a funny thing, contemplating taking your own life. Um, and you said that publicly I guess for the first time that was the first time I kind of went public about that was in the introduction to a book which went on to be a bestseller Um, and a lot of people resonated with that and a lot of people came forward with their own stories as well Um, did you have a similar response that when you told your story that it empowered some other people to tell theirs as well.
0: Yes, definitely. I remember I went on Instagram because that's when the question things were barely coming on. I think yeah, two years ago. Or wait, yeah, two years ago. And yeah. I was like, I shared something personal. Um, if you want to share it with me, you can. It'll be no no judgment zone. You know, I can share it if you like. If not, that's fine. And I was I was not expecting. Honestly, I was expecting like one answer. Probably but I, I got like so many answers and about you know, I, I had a miscarriage or you know, I was contemplating suicide as well. Um mm. a lot of suicide uh a lot of yeah. suicide people. Um, and I was actually really surprised. And that's honestly why the conversation came with my best friend, Brooke Williamson, um, who is the also co-founder with me, uh, Mental Monarchs. And we were like, we need to do something about this. And that's honestly how uh, our nonprofit came to be about is because we realized how much stigma there was, especially in mm. the location where I'm from is the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. So it's South uh, Texas. And there was a huge stigma, especially in the Latino communities, on mental illness. And we were like, we need to do something. We need to help. Uh, We need to help our community, you know, get the help they need. And also to, to share with them that it's okay not to be okay. And that there are a lot of issues and a lot of other people that are going through it, you know, similar to you or maybe different, but they're still going through something. And like you said, like it wasn't until you spoke out that you got that feedback and it was also helping other people. And I know it's subjects and topics that are very sensitive to talk about. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it because of how sensitive it is. But that's why we need to talk about it, because Mm -hmm. this is a very serious issue. And if you don't take care of it, you know, when you first start to see the signs or even when you feel really bad, you know, it could end up, you know, causing your life
1: yeah it's it's interesting you say that that uh, it's obviously a sensitive topic. Anyone who knows anything about mental health or has experienced any issues with it knows that um but I do think we need to discuss it. I went into a girls' school once and I was talking about some of my struggles, and the teachers didn't really want me to talk about it because they felt that talking to the girls about it was going to be too triggering. Whereas I, I mean, the girl's response was very different, which I thought was interesting. The girl's love that I had started the conversation, whereas a lot of the teachers would have gone like, oh, no, you can't bring it up. It's too sensitive. But I think if we don't discuss mental health, and I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, I think if we don't discuss it, it's not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse.
0: You're causing more harm than by not speaking up and sharing about anyone's experiences. It doesn't have to be yours. Just sharing a story, sharing an article, sharing little things. It just opens those conversations.
1: Exactly. Um, Now, I've never been to Texas. It is on my list of places to visit. um, There's a lot of
0: places here in Texas. You'd probably have to make like a month visit. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm planning on going around in a van, like taking like a, a, a decked out van and just going for a road trip around America once this whole worldwide pandemic is finished. Right. So I'll make sure to spend some time in Texas. Um, you did mention that in the particular community that you are, there's a particular stigma with mental health and in the Latino community in particular. Um In Australia, I like to think that we're moving the mental health conversation pretty well. It always could be better, but pretty well. Every time I've uh, interviewed with people in the UK or Ireland, it seems like they're a little bit behind in the particular local community that you're at. Where is that conversation? Is it just beginning? Is it beginning to move? Does it need to move faster? Where, Um, where are you guys at?
0: I feel like people are starting to see that there is an issue down here and it needs to be talked about because in the Latino community, especially if you're a a boy or a man, you know, it's like, suck it up. You're a man, Mm. you know, that machismo and all that, you know, energy and all that stuff. So you're expected to hide it, push it under the rug. And I think now, you know, as we're having more conversations and people are starting to realize, well, there's, there are resources I can utilize here and, things I can do to help myself, I think there's, it's starting to get better. And I think um, the high schools are actually, McAllen ISD, I know for sure, is doing a really good job with implementing more mental health initiatives. Um, the other day, I just went to a mental health uh, day. It was like a little day event where they had a lot of high school kids from the age 15 to 18 Talk mm-hmm. about their experiences with um, contemplating suicide and self mutilation, and it was very touching because that's when I was going through everything that I went through, and I had no one. I couldn't even talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. to admit that I was cutting myself. Like I didn't even admit that till even after I, you know, spoke about my yeah. mental health journey. Yeah, it was and to hear these kids sharing these stories. I just i i applaud them because that's exactly what I needed, and they're going in that right direction, and they're going in that right path. And I see it, I see it becoming a really big thing. And the more you know, schools get involved because yeah. you spend like seven hours a day at school. The more schools get involved and really help the kids out, and you know, tell them it's okay not to be okay. We have the help that you need. If you don't hesitate to ask. I think the more we'll start to see it become less stigmatized and more talked about.
1: The I, I am glad that you brought up the topic of cutting. I, I did see that you'd written that in your book review. Um that was on I believe on the Mental Monarch site that you so you mentioned that before. Um I dealt with a young woman I was tennis coaching who was cutting. Um as a tennis coach I didn't feel comfortable bringing it up that wasn't my role although I did mention it to her parents and you could just see um what looked like razor cuts but they were all all parallel to one another. I think there's a danger when someone says that that people go it's attention seeking behavior and it, they're very dismissive about it. Now, can I just ask? And I'm aware it's personal, but why why did you do that? What was that about?
0: You know, and when I try to explain it to people people that don't know or haven't experienced it, they kind of don't get it. But when I do explain it to someone who's done it, they totally get mm. it. It makes me feel like okay, so I did it. I I did it because. I wanted to feel something, and I know it sounds dumb, it, it, to me, it was because I wanted to feel something. I was going through so much depression. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know. I just felt like maybe if I did this, I would feel something, and I kept doing it, and I don't yeah. understand why I did it. I still can't, I still can't really Explain to you why I did it, but I just know that I would be very embarrassed about it. I would have to wear long sleeves to cheer practice yeah. and cover it up, hide it up because I was very embarrassed. And because of those, you know, attention seeking and all yeah. labels that you're labeled with, and that's also a main reason why people don't want to talk about it. Um, but honestly. I think I did it because I felt like I needed to do something. I felt nothing and everything at the same time. That makes sense. Cause I did have like deep depression going into like in in high school and I just cut because it wasn't that I was trying to commit suicide or anything like that. It was just that Mm. I was trying to feel something. And I mean, even to this day, they're reminders, the scars are reminders of everything I've overcome and everything i went through and now i'm okay talking about it because like i said when you don't talk about it that's that's the problem that's where we start getting into let's hide it let's not talk about it and as much as it's it's frustrating having to answer the question every time someone sees my arm like what happened to your arm i explain it anyway
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i that, that opens up a, a very deep conversation i think a very f- confronting con- conversation for people who are unaware about mental health, but I think it's also an extremely important one um i i don 't think i could i've done a lot of work in mental health don't get me wrong and i 've had my own struggles, but I make a very big point of not saying I can understand what you felt because i i can't i, I haven't i' never cut um just from the point of view of how you moved past that so you, you said you were in deep depression you didn't you felt like you didn't feel anything but it was overwhelming at the same time so you cut just so you could feel something how did you over well let's just talk about recovery because it's one thing yeah. to to have the bond there are people going through issues and i think through 2020 it's gotten worse because so many people were locked inside there was so much craziness going on um so many people lost their jobs mm-hmm. what what were your first steps towards recovery
0: well thankfully you know my parents were by my side, and they were like, we got to go see a therapist. So we went to see a therapist, and I was with her for a while. And then I was prescribed antidepressants. So that really helped me become more sane and also helped with the therapy as well. So that's when Mm -hmm. I felt myself getting better. I wasn't cutting anymore after that. But then I went to college. (laughs) And I thought I was okay. You know, I thought I was okay. I was on my own, whatever. Okay, let's wean off a little bit. So I did that and it was good for a while, but then I got into a relationship and that kind of just threw things off. And uh, um, we got, there was this one incident that happened and I actually cut myself again. And then it was like, there's some, there's, I can't believe I just did that. Like, why am I regressing going back? And it just Mm -hmm. made me realize I need to continue taking that medication, continue going to therapy and it wasn't until, you know, recently, like I would say 2018, 2017, that I started feeling myself getting better. And, right. yeah, because I took time after that to really get to know myself and, and figure out my triggers. So that was a huge mm. thing for me. So I took a while to date myself and get to realize my triggers, what isn't good for me, um, you know, to take a step back before I react. Because, you know, when you're, when you ha- sometimes when you have anxiety, you, you tend to react like real quick. You're like, hmm. So, you know, I, I took a few years, honestly, to really, you know, take time for myself to really get better. And I hadn't done that prior to that because I was always constantly on the go. It was high school, you know, friends, dance, yeah. cheerleading, and then college. You know, you got all these new friends, dorm, new school to adjust to. It was crazy. But no, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's not happening anymore. But honestly, what I would recommend is first, if you haven't spoken up about it, speak up about it. Um, Seek the help that you need. There's a lot of resources on, even online. You could do online counseling as well. And don't feel, don't be afraid to take medication. I know there's still a lot of stigma with medication
2: Mm.
0: and you know it it really is mental health mental illness it really is a chemical imbalance in the brain so of course you're going to need that extra serotonin or whatever you're lacking with that medication
1: I, I i i'm glad you brought that up because i have a friend a very good friend i'm going to disclose her name who at the moment is battling anxiety and depression now i bad, like bouts of pan- panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've dealt with depression. I've not ever dealt with anxiety, really. And she's been on medication before. She's since come off it. And now she's thinking about going on it again. Can I just ask? I mean, stigma around cutting is one thing, but the stigma of medication, I would just think if I was in that situation and I had the chance to go on it, it the first thing I would have to do is admit that there is a problem that's what I felt. if I if I would have to do it, I'm admitting, look, I can't deal with this by myself. I'm going to need help from other professionals and from this medication. But to me as like an achiever and a leader,, yeah. it would almost feel like defeat. And then coming off it and then having to go back on it would feel like what you said, it's regression. Can you just can we have a conversation about the medication? Because it's something that I think is hugely stigmatized, very misunderstood. Um and so just from your personal journey what was it like going on the medication in, in in the first place
0: Well I mean I think since I started taking medication at I would say 16 17 I felt like it was just another vitamin I had to take to feel better or mm. to you know not be so impulsive or sad yeah. and it, for me I knew I had to do that in order for me to get the help that i need. And it's not just therapy. Um some people need a little bit more. And mm. but now, you know, now that i talked to have talked to some people throughout, you know, my life growing up, i've i've heard a lot of comments like you don't need that. You don't need medication mm. like I'm like what are you talking about? I do. I, I really do because once i get off it, like let's say i skip a day or skip two days, I feel the difference. I fear that I feel that irritability coming back. I Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, this is why I need to take it. Because even though I'm getting, you know, talking to people, I still need that extra push, that extra sanity. Because if not, I would probably get annoyed at the little things. And Mm. that's not something that I want to do. And I know being on that medication is going to help me until I don't need it anymore. And I think, you know, I feel like I'm almost there, but I don't want to stop because I'm doing so good. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah.
0: So, and that's, I think that's, you know, that's probably what happened to your friend. And that's what happened to me too. When, remember when I was telling you, I went to,
2: yeah, went yeah.
0: The and then I was like, okay, maybe not. No, I needed it again. And it didn't feel like defeat. It just made me realize how, not how bad, but just realized that I, I really did need that medication. Because without it, no, <laughs> I wouldn't be as sane or as calm. But I I have I've have taken other alternatives. I've tried other alternatives, like, um, like at night when I can't sleep, I use a weighted mm-hmm. blanket that sometimes helps. And then I have taken some CBD tinctures, like you put it under your tongue. Mm-hmm. That has honestly helped me in the smallest way, but it makes a huge difference, if that makes any sense.
1: CBD is a very interesting one because, obviously, the legalities around it in your country, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not legal everywhere, or it's just become legal?
0: is legal. Right. But the other stuff isn't, (laughs) of course. Uh, In some states, yes, uh, but CBD, I think, is legal in all fifty.
1: Okay, because in Australia, I believe it's still illegal. um, Or I think you might need a doctor to to prescribe it. So it's something over here that a lot of people want to try for a whole list of reasons. But in Australia, we're unable to to get our hands on it. Um, Can you just speak about the importance of, I mean, you're obviously on a journey. It's always a journey. Life is a journey. But the mental health journey, how important it is to walk in lockstep with a mental health care professional, because I think a lot of people want to do it alone. Again, it's that achiever syndrome, and a lot of pageant competitors are very, you know, A-type, achiever type. No, I don't need medication. I don't need a therapist. I'm going to do this on my own, which I think is very dangerous. How important has it been to you to get professional help?
0: I feel that without professional help, honestly, I wouldn't know where I would be today because I really it's not like I was dreading my therapy appointments when I was younger, but after leaving I felt so much better. I really did. And I think it's very important to go to a professional because we have so many questions about ourselves, about our why are we like this, why are we thinking, that they can answer those questions and kind of make you feel at ease. Not only that, but they just They make you realize and internalize things that you probably wouldn't if you didn't go to a professional. Mm. And so you realize your triggers or, you know, what causes me to react this way? It just makes you realize certain things that you probably wouldn't know how to deal with your mental illness without seeing those people because they have years and years of practice. Mm. And not only that, but they have clients and every client is different, not You know everyone's different with their experiences with their mental illness you can have the same but the experience is still different so they can always provide another side for you to look at um and more back i think it's very important to go to a professional especially if you feel like if you don't something might happen
1: of course uh let's talk about mental monarchs for a sec. So when um when in the timeline so you had the pageant and you spoke publicly about your uh your struggles when did mental monarchs enter the picture?
0: So um the pageant happened and then I um, I asked the question on uh on my Instagram and then I realized how how bad it is here Mm. so then me and my best friend we always talk because she's in the mental health field and she um is getting her license of marriage and family so she's Mm -hmm. getting that and even before that she was still in school so we were talking about it we were like we need to do something like to help our community bring it back to the valley because she was in san antonio at that time and i was still living here i'm still living here um and so we decided to do it together, combine my experiences and her knowledge and help the community and whoever we can reach, honestly. And so we started it as an Instagram um, and then we went to a website because we were like, maybe we could do blog posts and stuff. But then life got busy and fortunately and unfortunately during COVID, um, you know, we had a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> yeah. so, fortunately, we were able to become an official Texas 501c3. So that happened. And then ever since then, we just started, you know, sharing psychoeducation and um, doing events here and there. We were going to have a big event, but it got postponed because of the weather here. But we We're having a huge mental health festival down here sometime in July so we're really excited to get, you know, people connected and we want uh pop-up shops to come there and we're going to have a huge farmers market. So we kind of want to bring the community together as well and um share the 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 mental health awareness to everyone.
1: That sounds that sounds lovely. And obviously July for you guys is summer. I mean, we're in the middle of winter middle I know. Winter here.
0: It's too hot over here. <laughs>
1: It's too cold over here I'm all gladly swap places with no, you no, believe me
0: Australia, Australia's yeah. somewhere I've always wanted to go to it's gorgeous I just I... well
1: I've never met anyone who came over here from the u s who didn't like it I mean some of I did have an American friend who came over here and she couldn't find her American food which she wasn't you know she wasn't happy about that but the people in <laughs> <and> the environment <laughs> I don't know you guys no no some weird like uh you know, there's rather than one type of chips, you know, they would have a uh, hundred yeah, types of chips yeah. where she's from. She, she's from Florida. I I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's but, some um... like,
0: different, yeah, like there's like some different chains on different states that, like you can only get yeah. Waterburger, which is like our like burger fast food chain that we is in here in Texas. But I think they're starting to expand to other states. But it's a huge Texas. <laughs> so if you ever go to Texas, you have to get Waterburger. <laughs>
1: What water burger?
0: What a burger!
1: Oh, okay. I was like water burger. I'm like, why? Why do I want water in my burger? Yeah, no.
0: What a burger! <laughs> yeah, no, it's more like on every corner if you go or something, but it's it's delicious. Yeah,
1: so I had a. Come, um
0: You have to go. You go there.
1: I, I will do that. I had a young Texan um, pageant competitor on the podcast, and she was talking about Texan barbecue. So is, is that a, she said, best barbecue in the world, and I've never had it. So is, is that a thing there's as well? There's
0: a lot of good barbecue places here in Texas. So honestly, anywhere you go, it's going to be amazing. And if you ever come to the border, the south border, you'll find mm-hmm. amazing Mexican food. Amazing. That's where I live. I live like on the border <laughs> of Texas on the south, and there's amazing, authentic Mexican food here.
1: I'm getting so hungry right now. I love it my, I love
0: tacos.
1: It's taco cheese. Me- Mexican food is one of those foods I just feel is so wholesome. And it's like a family food. You know, you have a big bowl of it in the middle and you all dig in. And it's not just the food. It's like a it's sense of family. Hungry. It's like, Yeah, it makes you really happy. That's what I was going to say. I don't know why, but for some reason, it just makes you happy. So mm-hmm. now I think I'll have Mexican for lunch. Um, with, with mental monarchs, what is the, the, the longer term goal? Is it to get into schools? Is it to have more festivals?
0: Well, we definitely want to spread out throughout Texas for sure. We want to have more um, presentations on wherever Mm -hmm. we can go, police academies, schools, anywhere. What we would love, 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 love to do is open our own practice where Brooke can, you know, do her thing and I can Mm -hmm. run for her yeah, cuz I'm getting a technology management degree, so that has to do with HR and stuff, so I could run that. And then we could just, you know, help other people and grow that way. Um so yeah, owning our own practice would be our long-term goal.
1: That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh let's switch focus to the book. You can do it, chickadee. Um just as a as a silly question, why? Oh, there you go. The the chickadee is that something that Texans say a lot? Is it something that Americans say a lot? Because I know what it means, but to have it on the cover of a book is a first no, time for me.
0: I think chickadee. My mom always says chickadee. Like she always says <laughs> and she would always tell me, "You can do it. You can do." Even like we'll talk, we'll have little conversations, and she'll say, "You can do it." And I'm like, "This just brings it all full circle." No, but um, Chickadee was just, you know, it was a chicken. So we were like, you can do it, Chickadee. It was just a cute little little nickname. And uh, But it's kind of funny because my mom does say, she calls me sometimes Chickadee, even when I was little. <laughs> and she would always tell me, you can do it. So it kind of just worked out. Um, but yeah, this book was about um, what I went through as a teen, even though she is a, a little kid, it's for little, for children but and then yeah. um also with the help of her mom
1: so can you walk us since you have the book there which is amazing yeah. can you walk us through the the creation process the writing process yes. the publishing so process
0: we wrote this book in 2019 and my mom has written um A few amount, a good amount of books uh, before. She's a freelance writer and she does a lot of uh, writing. She's written for Chicken Soup with the Latino Soul and other books like that. But so she's already written books. So she, you know, was like, why don't we write a book together? I was like, oh my God, yeah, that would be so cool. Like, all right, I just thought it was an idea that she threw there. (laughs) But no, it was a real thing. So we were like, okay, let's sit down. I definitely am big on early childhood prevention on mental illness. So I definitely wanted a children's book was perfect, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's easier to bring up that conversation with a book, you know, and have parents talk to their kids about it. So we wrote it, and we contacted a publisher, and they were the ones who helped us with the illustrations and marketing and all that fun stuff. But it f- happened fairly quickly, and we were actually really surprised, like that it was actually happening. It, it happened. I guess we've started, I would say, like, a year and a half it took. So it's pretty wow, good. Okay. We're we working on our second one.
1: <laughs> Is the second one going to be a children's book as well?
0: Yes, it's going to be a series. So it's going to follow the You Can Do It series.
1: Right. So and there- I can see there's a...
0: Oh, yeah, there- we have a sticker. We a- have- yeah, we are part What's of the that? Moms Choice Awards Um it's an honoring excellence um they do a lot of awards on like family friendly media products or services so we got an award from that and we're really happy because now we can put the little labels on all their books yeah. <laughs> um
1: and that's available on amazon and amazon i can even get it
0: on right um
1: amazon's good because i can even get it here in australia so right. i'm going to assume that you can get it internationally
0: Even on the back, we wanted to write a little bit on tips and tricks or not little tips and tricks, but letter to the parents, you know, kind Mm. of inform them, you know, like if your kid's going through something, it's okay, like be encouraging, be supportive and little things they can watch out for. So we definitely wanted to include that in some statistics just so, you know, they can the stigma can go away a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, the earlier you start the conversation, the better, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole point.
1: (laughs) Sure. Uh, Can you give us some of the stories or the feedback you've heard from parents who've who've got the book and and read it to their kids?
0: Yes. I've gotten a lot of, even from my close friends who have kids, that they love the book so much and that they felt that it was very important to bring up the conversation. And this was the perfect way to to start talking about it. And just mm. by mentioning like, she doesn't feel good, but she has to take like this medicine so she could feel better and stuff like that. So we definitely did talk about medication in this book as well. And we mentioned that chickadee was a little nervous taking medication because she didn't know how the others or her friends would react or think about that. So um, we did mention that, but then mama, mama says, well, you need it to feel better. So <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it was kind of like, we did want to bring um, everything into it, including medication. And even she has a little mm. therapy session here somewhere uh, in the book, but she has a little therapy session. So it also eliminates that stigma on therapy as well.
1: What was it like working with your mom? I get the sense for you it was great for some people if they did that they would end up killing each other. What was it no. like co authoring a book with your mom?
0: My mom is like my best friend. So it was it was kind of frustrating at times because she's <laughs> in a certain type of way. She's a planner. She's like, okay, when you work on this, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, no, like let's chill, let's relax. Uh, but other than that, no, it was perfect. It was great. I I don't like this this was if it wasn't for her, I don't think like any of this would have happened. So I'm really grateful that she thought of the idea and that we actually did it and <laughs> and now it's a going to be a series
1: That's amazing. I can't I can't wait to see see how it goes. Hopefully I be think- like the chicken soup for the soul.
0: I know. Um this is a little therapy session Chickadee with her mom.
1: I love the illustrations.
0: Yeah, she did a great job. She's actually from Italy.
1: Oh um, wow. Okay. Her
0: name's Maria Ballarin. So yeah, she's actually from italy and yeah so this book it was just very important to share because like i said before i think you need to start those conversations earlier mm. and especially now that all these kids went through you know on, the transition to uh in person in person learning to online version yeah. and everything was virtual i think they also felt some other type of way than they normally wouldn't and I feel like a lot of people think that kids don't have issues or don't have problems and everything's okay but the fact is that these kids you know you see them at school but their their lifestyle at home can be totally different and can Mm. be extremely toxic and you just never know what anyone's going through so you can't assume that it's okay especially with kids
1: absolutely Absolutely. Uh, we just got a comment here from Priscilla Londoner. I um, hope I pronounced that correctly. My girl using her voice. go my, um,
0: she's um our new Miss Houston USA.
1: Oh, well done, yeah. Priscilla.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. She's uh, doing great things. She just got crowned. I would say not that long ago, of <laughs> like a few weeks ago. Yeah.
1: From well, from my understanding, pageants in Texas are huge like pageantry oh, huge in texas way. is bigger than pageantry in the and, in this entire country
0: and since we were talking about how i all how it all started you know i always had this this thought of pageants being negative and very like mm. chatty and that is not at all the experience i've had at all everyone has been so nice so kind i it, the, honestly i've made some really good friendships even in the past two years. And um, I, I was like, wow, I'm so surprised. I mean I know you can I all think... there's always a the negative, but I tend to look more towards the positive than Well,
1: I, I mean it doesn't matter what industry you go into, you're going to find bad eggs, aren't you? Um, even work, but I, you know. <laughs> well exactly. But I, I think, you know, the, the friendships that you make in pageantry are by far and away the best the best part about pageantry i mean forget the title forget the sash forget the crown at the end of the day you know you're going to make friends that you can keep with the rest uh for the rest of your life Um, that point you make about children is very important as well i mean i've worked with children a long time and i think if you're if you treat them as people rather than it it's just a child Mm -hmm. i think it's not too difficult at least for me to see sometimes when things are wrong even if they don't talk about it because you can kids are normally we're supposed to be happy that's the thing. And if a child is chronically sad or upset or crying, I, I think it really is on us to ask, you know, is everything okay? Just yeah. just to check. Because um, I, I did this once again on the tennis court. And to give you an idea, it was a Father's Day. Um, it was on Father's Day. So there, in theory, there shouldn't have been anyone at my tennis lesson because the school was running a Father's Day breakfast. But I went anyway, just because you never know. And then I had one, one child turn up, a young boy. So, immediately you're thinking, okay, why is this young boy not at Father's Day breakfast? And I asked him. And he said this really thing that still haunts me to this day. It's like, oh, I don't know who my father is. And like, what, what, what does that mean? It turns out he was actually adopted, um, which I had no idea about, which obviously comes with a whole raft of other potential issues. Was, but, um,
0: was he adopted, like, just by a mom or like
1: both, like I, I believe by a mum. I believe by a single mum. Okay. It's one of those ones that you just need to be careful not to ask too many questions yeah. about. Um, at, at least in my role as a tennis coach, but to I'm me, it's true. So that's why I'm
0: asking. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, one of my very good friends in America is also adopted, and she lucked out. She has an amazing family, and you know, kudos to people who adopt. Um, that you know that, that's something that's very underrated and not spoken about enough but um, when it comes to working with kids just like I don't think it's and even people I think most of us can tell when someone is a bit down mm-hmm. I don't is that just me I mean can you is, is that just something well, that I do If
0: you're an empath then yeah <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I, I do I'm an empath too and I definitely can tell sometimes I can tell when they don't want it to be spoken about so I just like yeah but sometimes yeah. you can tell that they want you to check up on them.
1: Yeah, I, I think sometimes it's important, even if they said they don't yes, want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you do it in privacy and things like that. I'm but sure. sometimes, you know, sometimes if you're strong and an achiever type, you, you go, no, I don't want to talk about it. It's all okay. And if you, if you ask enough times, eventually, you know, at least they know it's you're,
2: it's you're there. Like the yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, you just, you know, keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. Um, oh, that Look, I, I love talking about that. That's amazing what you're doing. Uh, outside of all of that, do you have time for anything else? I mean, who 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 is Miley away from the mental health, away from college, away from writing a series of books? What what do you do to de stress? or I for hobbies, do
0: things to de stress. I love to garden. I'm a huge gardener. I almost studied horticulture, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I I love gardening, and then I like to. Uh, Take photos of nature. I don't know. I love photography, but I'm more of the nature um, birds, and I photograph my plants too in my garden. Uh, and then my guilty pleasure is watching all of the Real Housewives.
2: <laughs> oh no!
0: I know. Okay. I know. I just had to throw that in there because honestly, it's just that's what I that's what I do. I'm that's what I spend my time on doing. It's either gardening or watching Real Housewives.
1: I've never watched an episode of Real Housewives. I just, from the advertisements, I look at it and go, it's too much drama for me. Like, I can't deal with it. It's It's too intense.
0: I love it because I'm like, these girls are literally fighting over a dog adoption. I don't know. It's just an example. It's just (laughs) one of the things I can think of. It's like, really? But it's funny because then it's entertainment. That's what it is.
1: So, it is a form of entertainment. <laughs> I'll give yeah, you that much.
0: Sure. I also like to play, I don't know, have you heard of Animal Crossing from, on the Nintendo Switch? Oh,
1: yeah, that was that was a while ago. That was yeah, a craze, yeah, wasn't I it? It was like, a
0: while ago, but I still play that. I I love that game. I even used to play it like before I was on the Nintendo Switch. Like before it was when I was on the old consoles and stuff. But now they've revamped everything. Like you can connect with your friends, and it, it's really cool. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I it's so weird because I now I'm in a spot where I want to get a Nintendo Switch because I want to play Mario Kart because my friend oh. has a Nintendo Switch and has Mario Kart on it, and I just want to race all my friends in Mario Kart to show them that I can beat them. <laughs> I don't know? Do you I play Mario Kart
0: on the Switch? I'm not going to lie. When I first played, I was like, "Hey, I'm not as good as I thought I was." Like I was so good then, but then you get the hand of it, the hang of it, because then. It's- I don't know, but you should definitely get it. It's good. And they also have, I think you can even download like YouTube on there or. Hulu. Oh, wow. Okay. You can even use it for that. Cause sometimes I do that. I like to watch YouTube videos a lot too.
1: Animal Crossing. That's all I have to, I've heard about it. Cause one of my podcast co-hosts went crazy on it. Spent I during lockdown.
0: Read an article and I used to read, and I, I felt like I heard this years ago too, but I read an article this year recently how um animal crossing can help with mental health because it's more of like a stimulating theme oh. like it's not like you have to win there's no winning there's no end it's just more like you create your town and you build your town and it's very oh i i feel okay. really that piece and if you it's somewhere on there i can probably send you the link um somewhere but it was a mental health, uh, uh animal crossing affiliated with mental health it was really interesting because i was like wow I do feel a sense of ease and calmness and <laughs> no anxiety yeah. at all. I'm playing. And then hours go by and I'm like, oh, snap, I need to go to bed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I understand exactly what you mean. The one that um, a lot of my friends got into and I got into, somewhat embarrassingly, was The Sims. Have you heard of The Sims?
0: Oh, yes, yes. I got into it yeah, well a little you, bit, but not crazy into it.
1: I got into it and made all my Sims pageant girls. So I, I made my friends into pageant oh my girls. God. And I don't know if this is any indication. I, think- I, I just let them do what they wanted to do. You're supposed in the sim. you're supposed to tell them what to do. I let them do whatever yeah. they wanted to do. Within the first five minutes, one of the girls set the house on fire and burned to death.
0: I mean, whether- I don't know,
1: don't know if that's a sign. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. Wow, okay. Okay. That's a little intense. You're like, let them do it what you want to do?
1: <laughs> it is. Um, that was probably the last time I played The Sims. Uh, gardening. What, what do you like to garden? Are you gardening for the pretty um, flowers? Are you gardening cactus, stuff you can eat? The cacti, fruit, vegetables,
0: um, succulents. My favorite is hibiscus. I love hibiscus, and they're only they only bloom for a day, so you get that pretty bloom for just a day, and then get a new blooms the next few days. <laughs> but I like it because I, I love watching my plants grow and grow and grow. Because I've had I've had them since they were in like a pot, and now they're fully on the ground, like doing their things. So I've I've loved to see them grow every year. You just kind of yeah. notice it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize how much it's grown.
1: My parents have a they used to have a big uh, hibiscus plant out front, so it's one of the plants that I do know about. And they made the mistake of telling me when I was a kid, look at that hibiscus; it's bigger than your face so you know what did i do i went and you know put my face right into the hibiscus flower and destroyed it it was like if you tell a kid it's bigger than their face what do you think is going to happen so So, um,
0: did you like um last uh madison uh puerto rico's hibiscus national costume yeah that was my favorite national costume of all time favorite i might be a little (laughs) biased but i don't care it's it's, it was gorgeous they couldn't have done a better hibiscus (laughs) i was so happy
1: it's um yeah it's one of the few plants i know it's it's hard when you in pageantry and you know as many of the girls as i do and you're friends with some of them and it's you know i'm australian so i probably should support the aussie girl but i'm friends like i'm best friends with miss universe island so i'm like uh, who do i support sometimes it's better just not to say anything because not, whichever way you go if you
0: don't say it they're like oh you don't support her i'll like, well i never exactly. said that i never said that either
1: no whichever way you go you get burned so sometimes Honestly, it's just like I'm good. It,
0: it, whatever it can be politics it can be anything there's always uh, going yeah. to be someone who's happy with it so yeah let, let's not let,
1: let, let's not talk about politics i'd rather talk about animal crossing if that's okay than yeah, politics really or anything uh, else uh now we, I, Molly. I always finish interviews with the same ten questions, but just before we go to the final ten, uh, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey, pageantry and otherwise?
0: There's a lot of people. I'll just mention. I'll I'll name uh, my mom, Priscilla, who was on here. Um, Chelsea Morganson, all my Texas Crown production sister queens and director, and all my friends out there who are watching. <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much okay. it. If I had it ready, I would have like a list, but we don't have time for that.
1: You have your Academy Awards list. When is yeah. the um when is the actual pageant?
0: Um September, September? So, so for Miss, it's um prelims the third September and finals are the fourth. And for teen, okay. I believe I know finals are the fifth.
1: Okay for teen. That's okay, just as long as we get a ballpark September no, sure
0: um, September 3rd and
1: 4th. <laughs> how How's the prep going? I haven't asked that. How's the preparation going? I mean, it's yeah, still a while yeah. off.
0: The prep is going well. Uh, I feel that I've done, I feel like by doing these, honestly, these little interviews, I've gotten better with speaking. And I know I still need work, but that's fine. Like, I'm not good with that. Um, But the prep has been going very really well. I From the first year I did Texas, Texas. Yeah. Would say from this year, I feel like a huge difference, I'm way more prepared and way more confident. I think because of that, being prepared. Mm. Um, yeah, I have a really good uh, interview coach, uh, The Queen's Conversation by Jimmy Langhoff. He's been helping me tremendously, and it it's it really makes a difference when you have a really good interview coach. Mm. Yeah, I it's think.
1: something that um, you guys in America definitely have a lot more of. In places like the UK and Australia, I mean, pageant coaching is a much, much smaller industry. You know
0: what's funny Ooh. is that he actually lives in Wisconsin, but he coaches me and like um, other of my sister queens in the same production, Texas Crown production. So it's kind of funny because he's all the way from Wisconsin, but he's doing uh, He does all over the States, but... Uh, okay. I think it's really cool. The, now you
1: can do online. Well, yeah, the weird thing is you mentioned Wisconsin. That is the one place that I spent quite a lot of time because I worked for a couple of months in Wisconsin. And I just have to say the weather in Wisconsin, it's not like the weather in Texas. When I was in Wisconsin in the middle of the winter, it was like minus 20 out. It was horrific.
0: I, I don't think we've ever reached the minus <laughs> the negative. <laughs>
1: I'd be. Wor- I mean, you guys get a lot in Texas weather-wise, but I don't think you yeah, get minus get twenty.
0: A hundred and four. You know those fun, fun weather days.
1: What's the humidity like? Heat is one thing. Is it humid?
0: It depends on the area you're at. To be honest with, because I feel well right okay. now. It, it's it's been raining, so it's very humid outside. I right. would say it's not as. Have you been to Florida?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not as bad as Florida. Um. But it's not completely dry. Okay. And, yeah, it's not super dry.
1: Florida, I liken to trying to swim through a pool whilst you're walking. It, it's just sometimes you know you, you go for a walk and you come back soaking wet. It's not. I personal. love
0: Florida, don't get me wrong, but the humidity is just not my favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go through the final ten. This is as pageant-esque as we're going to get. It's not a speed round, but if you want to answer them as quickly as you can, then so be it. Uh, Question one, what is your favorite word?
0: My favorite word? I feel like I have a few. But my favorite word would probably be... Always. I always say always. (laughs) Always.
1: I can understand that as a, a way of emphasizing a point. Always, okay. Any,
0: any word that you use most of the time is probably my favorite word. Like, and I don't like like, but I would say you know that's not a word, but I know it's like a sentence.
1: <laughs> it's uh, you know, mine one is amazing. I overuse the word amazing. I don't know if that makes it my favorite word. Oh, or... that
0: one I've been Jimmy. My interview coach told me I said yeah. I stopped saying it because of him.
1: Yeah, no, I I have to catch myself every time I say it. It's like you're saying that word again. Uh, Question two What is your least favorite word?
0: Pimple. I think it just sounds gross.
1: Well, you way. just reminded me of that um that horrible show. I think it's a show, Doctor Pimple Popper. Oh, I
0: love that show. I'm not going to lie.
1: Oh I, no, you can't watch that. Surely
0: I, it's funny because I work at a med spa, and every time we get, in, I'm like, if you have a pimple to pop, please tell me if I can record that because I will. <laughs> and we, yeah, I'm not the only one though who likes pimple popping videos.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, hey, but some of those are like this. Like, mm. huge. No, I'm but not we,
1: hungry anymore.
0: No more tacos. <laughs>
1: uh, I think I'd rather watch The Real Housewives than watch Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's marginal. I might have to try an episode of both to see which is worse. Uh, question three. In life, what gets you excited? What turns you on?
0: Well, what gets me excited is knowing that I have an extra twenty four hours to utilize and do as much as I can. Or if I need a rest, then I'll rest and take that day off. But I just I think just knowing that there's time and it's Mm. whatever I choose to do with it, that gets me going.
1: Nice. So that's what's what turns you on and then what turns you off?
0: Repeating myself. Like Does that crazy. happen often? Um, yes and no. I don't know why. why? It's like a, a weird thing. It's because I feel like a lot of, throughout my whole life, a lot of people have asked me what my name is like over and over again. And I think just repeating it, it got a little bit uh, annoying to me, <laughs> especially when <laughs> don't have substitutes in class. I'd be like every period I had to go in and like to the point where my friends would do it for me. Like they would know I won't answer. not that I won't answer, I won't be rude about it. But they would answer for me and they would get pissed cuz it's like cuz I get asked all the time. So I think Well, how do most
1: people pronounce it? If they if they don't know, I would imagine that they're going to say something like Malia saucines
0: Malia, I've heard What is? What do they call me? Malia malia is like the number one malia malia so um sometimes i don't even correct
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's sick no, and tired I, of it just call I, me whatever you want
0: yeah that's why I, I i i when i meet people i'm like may but sometimes i just i say my real name
1: right i mean if you come to australia if you come to Australia, you're going to get an Australian nickname, and I can promise you, it's not going to be anything like that. Looking at your name, it'll probably be Salco. <laughs> It'd be Salco or something like that. Us uh, Aussies, everyone gets a nickname ending in O. So, it's oh, like for example, thing. if I mean, well, we call it McDonald's Macca's. We call a service station a Servo. So everyone gets a a, a one syllable nickname. So,
0: or a simplified nickname. Oh. It's because us Aussies that, dude <laughs> dude yo
1: dude yeah no dude buddy we don't use those words we use mate g'day mate um mind yeah, you I don't say that, that very that... often yeah do you know now... anything about Australia just out of interest I always like to ask Americans you know, what what koalas. they understand about Australia. koalas yes
0: and that you are in the southern hemisphere so our winters and summers are switched but that's it
1: do you know that you can eat kangaroos? We eat kangaroos. Can- kangaroos here are a pest. I guess so I, didn't you can know eat-
0: that I eat like chicken and cows. But that sounds so bad. But I mean I can okay. see that.
1: <laughs> when you're over here, you'll have to try kanga bangers.
0: Kanga bang okay, okay. I like- Do you know if
1: what you- kanga bangers are?
0: Is it a leg? <laughs> like is it a leg? <laughs> I don't know.
1: No, no, no! bangers are sausages, so it's kangaroo sausages.
0: I, I really Banger- like deer sausage or deer. It's jerky. like venison. Deer jerky. Yep. Ooh, so good. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah, you can get that now. It's very like venison. It's a, it's a lean. It's a lean protein, so you need to have some fat with it. Uh, I don't know how we got onto that. Let's move on. Question five: What sound or noise do you love?
0: Rain on like a. Just on a roof or even like a metal thing. Just the sound of rain.
1: And what sound or noise do you hate?
0: My dog's barking. <laughs> I only say that because it's not like they bark once or twice. It's like it continues for like five minutes. <laughs> I have a Chihuahua New Yorkie, so yeah. Very- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, what? If, it, if it were to be... A, a noise that really 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 bothers me it would probably be like um a woodpecker woodpecker that comes on my window every morning.
2: <laughs> you know, oh wow yeah.
0: okay yeah I'm like really <laughs> no but it's they're telling you to wake up. Yeah they're barking though it it gets to the point where you you just want to scream. <laughs> and I'm like Well so can
1: I just the world thanks you for stopping your dog from barking because I have neighbors who used to have not one dog but two dogs because their thought was we're not going to be able to walk them so they'll keep each other company. And instead, oh. I was trying to do things like this and had two dogs barking over there rather than one.
0: See, and, and that's this is where it gets complicated. So when I'm doing stuff like this, like I can't have them around, so I'm in my room right now. So that's why I said it's kind of annoying because it's like you oh. – it's like people don't mind. They really don't mind when there's a dog barking in the back. But I'm like, hey, I'm trying to focus.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Question seven If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why?
0: Telepathy. So I could get to one place real quick and not waste any time.
1: No time flying, just clicking you. You're there.
0: Just like a little, and I'm there
1: uh question eight what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt
0: motivational speaker I can see that that would be great I would love to be on ted talks that fun stuff i to me it's fun
1: <laughs> oh no absolutely I think that's an amazing goal I think with the the books that you're doing and the the non-for-profit definitely hopefully, go for
0: it hopefully that would be the goal of mine though is at least to be in one <laughs> I'm fine <laughs>
1: There's a lot of famous big names who've made it to that stage. Yes. So that's that's going for your dreams. Question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt?
0: Oh, that's hard. I would say a skydiving instructor. I don't know. I've never gone skydiving, but the fear of falling. Heights still not freak me out. It's the fear of falling.
1: That's what I say.
0: And I, I, would, I wouldn't cross skydiving out of my bucket list, but it's still a fear of mine. <laughs> I'll still do it, but <laughs> I don't think I could do well, it over and over again.
1: But the, the the worst part about skydiving, I've skydived twice. The, the worst part, if you are anxious about it, is not the jumping out, because that's over very quickly. You get kicked out. They do that on purpose, yeah. because otherwise... So what happens is they say we're going on three, and they always kick you out on two because if they kick you out on three, you will grab the door frame and then they can't get you out. So like we're going on three. Okay. And they, okay, yeah. one, bang on two. That's exactly what someone else is taking notes so they know. I hope I haven't ruined that for them. But um, it's the flight going up because, you know, you're in a plane. It's a small plane and the door is open. Like normally when you fly, the door is closed. But the door is right open there and there's... People will hang their legs out like the instructors. I mean, mind you, they do have their parachutes on, but to them, it's like dangling their their legs off the side of a boat.
2: True,
0: or a helicopter. I guess the helicopter is kind of the same. Yeah,
1: but I just, mean, to like, me, I wouldn't.
0: Cry, though, I think no, but I just I don't know. The f- my dog's at the door. I just heard her. <laughs> I can't her. hear anything. I heard her cry. So if you hear something, it's her. <laughs> um, no, so. Yeah, I would not want to be a sky a skydiver. I want to go at least <laughs> once and see if I like it. But imagine having to do that over and over again. I mean, it must be fun at that point. Like, you hope so. Do. I know. I hope, but yeah, I think the going up is where you're like <laughs> the most.
1: I mean, the instructor that I went with was doing like six or seven dives a day, so they'd gotten up to like thousands of dives. So, yeah, I think they still find it exciting, though. You never get quite over that adrenaline. Okay, uh, final question.
0: So that would be great. There you (laughs) go.
1: Got to give it a go. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: I just want him to tell me that my family is waiting for me, honestly, and my pets. (laughs) Um, I would love them him telling me that. So would be the first. That's the first thing I would look for.
1: Perfect. Okay. Well, Malia, let's let's call it there. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Oh, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was, and um, I, I I love the talk about mental health because it's a very very important issue so best of luck not not only for the pageant but the the book series and your work with mental monarchs um i'll be watching with great interest um thanks to everyone for watching as well i'll just keep you on the line for a sec whilst i hang up with the audience so don't hang up on me just yet uh thanks to everyone for watching live or on the replay and we will speak to you next time bye for now thanks for watching Just a reminder to you entrepreneurial types to come and join us at our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. I'll see you inside and see you in the next episode.